look like because uh, you're completely silhouetted. All you need is like the voice distortion, and you look like some like witness anonymous witness oh. person. <laughs> yeah, witness protection. <laughs> he came in through the window. <laughs> That's funny. We've distorted this person's voice to protect their identity. <laughs> I was sleeping. You know what? We could do the uh, we could do YouTube then if we both silhouette our faces and distort our voices. That <laughs> There's nothing, nothing like a good old fashioned <laughs> anonymous video. Yeah, that that's gonna bring real credibility. People, are, I think we should do that. That's probably funny. We should wear masks. I, I'm with you on that. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's wear the anonymous mask. In fact, we should just we should get even creepier. We should wear Sesame Street masks. So people are like, are these guys uh, renegades or pedophiles? So I'm getting I'm getting alerts galore. Uh, I guess the Supreme Court sided with Trump to stop census counting so that they can make their deadline, I guess, while the appeals court figures something out. I don't really know a lot about this. Do you know anything about this? I heard only like something very uh, cursory about it. They have like a deadline of December 31st to get the census data in, analyze it and make decisions on whatever they use the census data for. Mm -hmm. Um, But COVID delayed the the whole process so i guess a lot of people are like no we need the complete data in and and in order to do that we need to continue collecting it and then counting it i guess collecting it through october would be the extension mm-hmm. and the trump administration is like no we're, we'll never make the december deadline and we can make it if we just short the counting period so i guess we would then make decisions based on incomplete data um I don't really know. Obviously, just like at that base level, making decisions on complete data sounds preferable. Yep. I don't know what kind of crisis occurs if we just are a month late on everything. Like, why can't everything just be delayed a month? If if that's elections or whatever it is, why doesn't everything just delayed? Uh, or whatever it would be based on. I don't know if it's like drawing out districts for stuff. Like, I, I just, you know, kind of oblivious to that, but which is why can't everything just be delayed if that's the case? I don't feel like many people are talking about it. It's probably gotten uh, buried under uh, everything else that's going on. So uh, let's 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 bring this light up. Let's bring this uh, back to the uh, to the light. What's this? What's this issue that might doom us all that we're not talking about? Well, I mean, and to your point, I don't really know a ton about it. I remember hearing about it. It was on the New Jersey ballot, and I'm unclear what the relationship is between that ballot question, because everything seemed to be state-focused, versus uh, what what this court decision is. But it seems like census data uh, in its collection and counting is due at the end of December. Um, and apparently, a lot of stuff should have been done already, but because of COVID, uh, we weren't able to collect the, to finish the collection of it. And it sounds like we've maybe finished the collection, but now the counting um, is being done. And in order to continue to finish the counting, to have complete counting of the data collected, uh, we need an extension to October 31st, which is, you know, you know, we're halfway through the month, basically. So the Supreme Court cited with the Trump administration, I guess, until the appeals court makes a decision, basically saying stop counting, which if they're going to wait for the appeals court, I don't know why you just wouldn't continue counting. Now we're losing time. But I guess there's a a legal reason for that. And and I'm sure it's completely logical. But it sounds like they're saying we can, the Trump administration is saying we can make that deadline if we don't, if we cut the counting period short. Now, taking a step back, what this means, it sounds like, is that whatever decisions and this, this deadline of December 31st is the driving factor of being forced to make a decision on that. And I don't know <clears throat> what, um, what ripples in the space-time continuum would happen if we delayed that December, th- uh, December 31st date. Uh, I don't know how arbitrary or how... Um, monumental that that date is what things are tied to it but being an ignorant citizen in this area i would just say delay that whatever it is delay it so we get the data complete it's not like excuse me it's not like months of a delay it seems like it's like 16 days 17 days so i don't know like 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anything else about it. Uh, at that base level, it seems like it's a no-brainer to delay it so that we have complete data since this is going to impact us for the next decade. Uh, and it's used in so many different ways. But, hmm. yeah. I mean, <clears throat> the census is used uh, to allocate funding. So I, I imagine that as most things in this country or most things in any country, uh, this is all about revenue and uh, not revenue, but this is all about money. Um, it's a hard one because I, yeah, I know I, I kind of want to give it its fair, uh, you know, it's fair day. It's day in court here because there must, there might be a reason why like there would be knock on effects if the census counting, uh, were to be delayed, uh, any further. Um, I mean, do you know, do you know what's happened in past in like previous years in terms of the census? Like why is, oh, it's, it's because of COVID probably. It's why COVID. It's, it's COVID related. why that it's delayed. Sense. If I didn't okay. mention it in my extremely long winded explanation, that's why you we're have. in this situation. It's because of COVID. Okay. Um, and yeah, it's just a matter of inaccurate results. Like, is that what we're going to live with? Because we wanted to save 15 days like so we do it on january 15th instead of december 31st you know like i i don't know and, and to your point i wish we had the counter argument unfortunately um and i'm sure fox would have maybe the counter argument except i just question the credibility of what they would state i wish i could have a dependable source on the other side but um <clears throat> i don't know what the i don't know what the ramifications are of delaying it. it. It may be really detrimental. And, you know, in the minutia of government that I just don't understand. I don't know. I got nothing. It, it, you, you know, I literally well, told you it as we, as we called each other just now, yeah. because I'm getting pinged with it. And mm -hmm. I don't know what it means. It's just apparently really important. So Sotomayor, um, according to the Fox article, it just came out like three minutes ago. Uh, it says that she says that the administration is claiming that over 99% of households in 49 states are already accounted for. Um, so th at least that's, that seems to be part of the Trump administration's argument as to why they can cease counting. Um, and I guess the court must have uh, ruled in favor based on that, uh, based on that argumentation. Uh, again, you know, so it, that's, Three million people not counted. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you want to do quick math, and we're talking about what one percent of the population would be. Yeah, yeah, that that, that, that sounds about. And I mean, it sounds about are, right. We're gonna go along with it because it's it's funny. And what are the minority funny. breakouts? Minority populations in U.S. I think. I mean, I think that's the main argument. The main argument is that uh, the population that would probably be hardest to account for would be. Um, the population that would be hardest oh, to account. Yeah, yeah give account. me an idea. Oh, yeah, so okay, yeah, per let's go. percent of the population, non-Hispanic white, 63%. Hispanic Latino, 15%. Black or African American, 13%. Asian, 6%. Two or more races, 2.7%. Native Americans or Alaskan Natives, 1%. Um, Pacific Islanders, 0.2%. So clearly when you get into... I mean, really, it's at 1% out of any of these, 63% white is pretty dominant. And then once you get into like the 15 and below, even down to the 2 point, the 2 percent and the 1 percent and the fraction of a percent, 1 percent's a lot. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I think it's and, and was that 1 percent clustered somewhere? Is it evenly spread? Well, that's, that's what I was about to say. Uh, who, which uh, ethnic group ended up actually is only 1 percent of the population? Which one? I think you said, what is it, Pacific Islander? Native Americans are 1.3 percent, well, and yeah. and Pacific Islanders are 0.2 percent. Right. So I mean, if you it, let's say it were clustered, I mean, it, it most likely is not. But let's say it were to be clustered, you could instead of saying 99 percent, you could say uh, everyone has been accounted for, with the exception of the Native peoples. You could <laughs> yeah, actually make the, that argument. Yeah, with the uh, Pacific Islanders and Native Americans, uh, we just left them out this decade. We'll get you next time. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly. You could make that argument. I wish we broke it down into the. I wish that was um, uh, more art, more uh, news outlets broke things down in that way because I, I feel like that's a more of a stark 
you know, uh, sort of realization to come to if you if you really want to talk about what is being left out. But yeah, you could theoretically leave out an entire ethnic group uh, by ending the census early if if you if they are saying that one percent has uh, yet to be counted for. But yeah, yeah I, I would agree. Um, it's it without knowing a lot about it. I mean, we're doing like back of the napkin math uh, and and making some some assumptions based on just headlines and select sentences from different articles. But it's all, I mean, I hate it when people make percentage arguments by themselves without, without talking about what the baseline volumes are. Because yeah, that's, that's 3 million people. And that sounds like a lot. And when you're looking at the demographic breakout and what the census is supposed to capture, I mean, you need to give me more. You need to tell me it's 1% and it's evenly spread across all of this or no, not even it. It's, it's 1%, but the bulk of that 1% uh, is in what was considered white neighborhoods last time or something like that, right? Like so, give me something to make me feel a little more comfortable that the 63% can absorb that missing data because if it's not, then yeah, those other populations, that's not a fair absorption for them. I mean, you're talking about the majority of their population hasn't been accounted for. Um, and I'm assuming that those segments of the population, uh, it's important to call them out because they get funding for um, important, important things, initiatives. I don't know what they are, um, but I'm, I don't know if you can speak to that at all. I don't know, but I'm sure that uh, it's important for us as a government, <laughs> as a society, to it's, know who's living important. here and to it's allocate important. money to them. It's important. I think that yeah. uh, if uh, there's a lot of reasons it's important. I mean, I think you can come at it from many different angles. If you want to come at it from a homeland security issue, um, it's important to know who's living here. It's important to, I mean, <laughs> I don't know why I'm taking from that angle, but I'm just trying to think of some, uh, an angle that could be important to some people and, uh, and, and, and the funding allocation. I mean, I, I just think that, you know, as a society, if we're, if we're going to think of ourselves as one nation, uh, we should want everyone to be accounted for and, and to be appropriated the uh, an equitable uh, percentage of funding uh, as, is, um, as is appropriate based on how many people live in certain parts of the, uh, of the country. And so we should, we should be, the census used to be, I mean, it, it, it's not just a time-honored tradition. I mean, it's, it's incredibly important uh, and something that, you know, America has traditionally excelled at. Um, and, um, and, and as a civilization, it's, it's just something that uh, uh, is, yeah, it's, it's something we should be able to do. Yeah, I, I guess a little more education on what the census is used for and what, what isn't represented would be helpful here. Um, so we'll see what happens. It's interesting that, well, I guess what's, what's a little more maddening is the, and again, as long as the, act, the article and the way that I'm reading it is accurate and I'm, and I'm comprehending it correctly, but two weeks, like we can't wait two weeks. We're trying to shove through um, a Supreme Court pick at, in like record time. And we can't do two weeks to, to account for the next 10, 10 years. Uh, it just seems, it seems silly uh, at face value. So we'll see what happens. I'm sure the government will do what's right. So I was curious if you didn't have anything else to start with. I had some social interactions, which is always what we're looking for because uh, we want to hear from people uh, about some of the things that we're covering. While these weren't comments on uh, one of our episodes, uh, we, I did get in a little bit of a back and forth with some people that was interesting. Um, so the first one was around, it was basically an article um, around reinfection. And I had made some type of comment about Trump and his claim of immunity. Um, and I think the person I got uh, entangled with or, or engaged with was, um, was probably a Republican, uh, but it was, you know, I, I enjoyed the exchange actually. It was civil and, and it kind of made me think, which, which is exactly what I'm looking for. So basically, you know, Trump makes his claim of being immune. Um, and based on, you know, what I know and, you know, full disclosure, I'm not a scientist or a doctor, but based on what I've read, reinfection is possible. Um, it's rare, but it's possible. Um, and after you're done with COVID, it's more, more than likely you'll be immune for around three months. 
Um, but the CD says it takes about one to three weeks after infection to build up the antibodies to be immune. So this is what we kind of know about it to date. Uh, and so when Trump made that claim, he didn't hit that one to three week threshold yet. And that was kind of my, the, at least the spirit of my, um, my comment and what we kind of got to after some back and forth. And what the other guy had said, <clears throat> which I think is a, a valid point, maybe you, maybe you disagree, I don't know, is that you know, he acknowledged like, yeah, that's true. Um, but he did receive an experimental cocktail of treatment. Um, and that, you know, was antibody driven, right? He basically got injected with antibodies. So, you know, again, and he was pretty good about this. Neither one of us being experts, did that have an impact on his body's ability to build up immunity faster than the one to three weeks? And, you know, he obviously has access to testing and stuff. Were they able to test him and say, you did you are immune for, to this for the next three months. Um, and I guess we both agreed at the end of this, you know, valid point at least to bring up and, and ask questions about, but no one really knows anything because he and his doctors have chosen not to be transparent. So therefore we don't have clarity. There's obviously, are already, obviously already a credibility issue there. Um, and so we don't know if this new experimental drug impacted his ability to um, to create antibodies and whether or not he was tested and whether or not he's hit the thresholds to be immune for the next three months. Like, we don't know anything. So I did enjoy the back and forth. And I, I thought he brought up a, a valid point um, about whether or not this new experimental treatment could uh, hasten your antibodies, antibodies and therefore bringing immunity quicker. Yeah, I mean... Um... <laughs> I don't know you and your back and forth. They're uh, they're they're spicy. Um, it's too, it's too much to speculate on. Uh, we barely know enough about the COVID and its and the lasting uh, implica implications of having contracted it. Um, it. Throwing in experimental cocktails and talking about that that might you know hasten the. Uh, the 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 immunity buildup. I mean, we don't know. No one knows. And and and, and like you said, uh, they're not being transparent about it. All we know is that he's back out on the trail and uh, he's hunky dory. Whereas, um, uh, nearly two hundred thousand people have perished. So I mean, I, I think it's fantastic that a man of his age, um, and 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 his um, his uh, culinary intake, based on what we know, uh, morbidity has to has managed to survive uh and and pull out uh, a covid diagnosis with uh with such rapid um it was such rapidity i think it's fantastic i mean um i wish that more people had had that that kind of luck i wish more people had had that kind of service um uh, with with regard to their health uh a 10 doctor team is impressive and i and i get it most people are going to say well i mean he's the president of the united states so then you're going to get um, a certain level of quality care um, with regard to uh, being the most important person in, in the country. But, you know, this, it, it's, you, you could, you could share the wealth in terms of, uh, you know, access to medicine, um, which, I mean, we don't have to get into because I mean, it's, uh, I think that's such a there. completely different topic. It's yeah. there for everyone to see. Not only is it the access to medicine and the nature of how the medicine is provided, but it's, the type of treatment, things that he wasn't pushing, that he wasn't promoting. He didn't do any of the things that he was advocating for prior to that. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good point. Where was his light therapy? Where was his disinfecting from the inside? Where was mm. any of the other things? I mean, you can even get into the whole stem cell nature of the treatment that he took mm. and the way that they've denied stem cell research for so many years. They could have helped so many ill and injured people recover in multiple different ways. There, there's so many dimensions to the hypocrisy of what he just did. I'm not going to downplay that, you know, people's biology doesn't play a role in it, but to the common folk, me included, when you just go around saying certain treatments are better than others, um, and you don't promote any of the treatments that you receive, but then you go around saying that you're immune and then don't disclose how you came to that conclusion. Uh, and you kind of imply that it's you and you alone that could do this, which is 
is in tune with the narrative that we've seen with anything. He and he alone can, can accomplish everything. And it's just, it's a disservice. I mean, I don't know what else to say. And it's all there for, for anyone to see that wants to see it. Yeah, I, I think you covered it. I, I think you really, I mean, that was a very, there's not much more to, to draw out um, from the event. Um, it, yeah, yeah. Without just evolving into, uh, into a whole bunch of just negative nancying. Uh, there's not much more I can say I could add to the, to the conversation, to be honest with it, because it's, it, it's just a shame. And I mean, it, it's, a, it's fantastic that he recovered because that, that, that was important. You, uh, a nation does not want to lose uh, its, its figurehead. It does not want to lose its leader, uh, no matter how you feel about that uh, particular individual. Uh, the ramifications of having a leader die in office uh, are, uh, no matter how effective or how good you think that leader might have been while in office, uh, is not something that, as a nation, you really want to experience. So generationally, it's fantastic that he survived. But, um, but yeah, the circumstances around it um, versus uh, a lot of other people that were not so lucky, uh, especially because that, that per, the, our leader of our nation was advocating for people not to wear masks and, and not to fear contracting it. And, and, he, and he found himself in dire straits having actually contracted it. So, yeah. That, that I think that's the end of what we can really say about it. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Okay, so the other exchange I had with two, and I would categorize them as diehard Trump supporters, and I would categorize them, them that way because uh, it's no secret, we've mentioned it on this pod, I'm an independent. Um, and I, you know, to the, to the degree that I just don't support the party concept. Um, and they were attacking me, you know, with personal attacks, which I, you've told me not to engage when that, when that happens, but I wanted to see where it led, you know, it was, That's Twitter. It was, it was an exercise in, in whatever exercise I was trying to do. It was some type of exercise. I didn't want to see where it went. So I kind of ignored the personal attacks. Um, and what I noticed is that it was a lot of Republican talking points that attacked Democrats. I guess the assumption was that, and therefore, and this was all around the, uh, the, the concept of court packing and the SCOTUS hearings and things like that. Uh, and their basic argument was, listen, it's the Senate's right. It's the Senate's right. It's their legal right to do this. It doesn't matter, you know, what was said or anything like that. It, you know, and it's the party's right. It, it's like two things. It's the, it's the Senate's right to do this. And it's the party's right to, to push their agenda through by any means necessary. And what, I, you know, I don't disagree with that. I mean, when you have parties, that's kind of what happens. And when you, the Senate is in control or, or, or is being, being given a task, then yeah, it's their legal right to do things. And I guess what I was trying to get through to them, I guess, was more philosophical. And I felt like um, Luke Wilson and Idiocracy, where I was just getting like berated in court for uh, talking in a certain way. Right. Um, but what my point here was, uh, you know, can we see the forest for the trees? Mm -hmm. You know, you guys are making a point about a two-party system, and I, and I won't even get into that. But you know, and I'll paraphrase what they're what they were saying. But they were describing a, a, a party seesaw, which I think you and I have spoken about before, where one party's in power, you're up, and then the next party is in power, you go down, and it just goes back and forth every every couple uh, terms. And you know, each party has its right to do it, it to push their agenda at all costs. And I, what I was trying to argue is that it's not a seesaw, it's a pendulum. And the pendulum is swinging. And that swing is measures and countermeasures. And each time it's being pushed further and further to the extreme. And I was trying to caution, listen, it is within your legal right. But if you take a step back, don't you see that at some point we need to tamper the momentum? And we can, you know, push aside the... Uh, dignity argument of comments that were made by certain politicians but don't you see that if we keep if we don't tamper the momentum if civil discourse continues to degrade it's going to put us in a bad place you want to put someone in all right, right let's push aside that the senate republicans said that they would never do this and they're doing it or um whether it was with the last SCOTUS pick or, you know, just in, uh, very recently when they were proposed the hypothetical questions. If you do this and then the, the Democrats have to jump through their hoops to start adding court justices, 
where does it where does it end? I mean, how far are we going to take this? And if and that's with not just with this issue, but with a lot of different issues, you know, just because you can do something, and I feel like this is like you know played out in in so many movies and and other art. But just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do it. Uh, I mean, that's a, a, I think probably from Jurassic Park, if not from some Marvel movie. Yeah, you, you basically sound like Jeff Goldblum. Um, struck me in a very worrying way. Like they, I mean, what? To be honest, when I, when I went down that road, I was called stupid, uh, an idiot, uh, a liar, um, and all these different things. And you know, I, 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 try, I, I kept it civil at least to the best of my ability on my end and ignored that and just would go back at them with this, I guess, philosophical argument rather than what they would consider to be the reality of it. The reality is, got two parties, Republicans are in power, we want this, we're gonna do it. Uh, and I don't know, was I being too high-minded? Am I like living in the clouds? It's definitely possible. I mean, no, I he, he so. basically said that in, in, in a more crude way. And I was like, yeah, it's possible. I mean, I think it was when he called me an idiot. And then I was mm -hmm. like, well, this is how you treat people of less capability. That's pretty telling too. Um, <laughs> but uh, oh, I love Twitter. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. Right. But yeah. I don't know. I, maybe that isn't, maybe that, that kind of high minded um, our argument has no place in, in today's politics. I don't know. I mean, I think that we live in, uh, it's not, it's not a completely uh, strange time. Um, I think our politics have been, uh, I mean, again, let's, let's just go back to it. Right. I mean, you don't like to go this far back, but I mean, uh, there was a time in our political structure where people were dueling themselves to the death. So uh, we we've 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 faced some stuff uh, as a as a nation. Um, so it, it, you can always go back and say, well, things ha have been worse um, for one in one way or another. But in the modern era, yeah, we you really shouldn't be living this. And again, right? We talk about this where it's the identification. It's this. It's I. It's not just that this is a party, but it's an extension of myself, an extension of my own beliefs. It's like rooting for a team. Uh, you know, you want your team to win. It's the same thing as it's. A, it's the same thing as sports. It's it's how you identify with a sports team. It's how people identify a party. It's an extension of yourself. Uh, they win, you win. Uh, and I think that when you you know when you're in that kind of when you're in those trenches, you're you're going to fight tooth and nail, and you're you're going to call people you're going to call people some names, and uh, so that's to be expected. But. Um, but is does does and the name part doesn't bother me. Like I don't know these people, right? No, it's not I know. Like it has I any impact yeah, on me. Yeah, you know, just, it, that, yeah, it's not. It's unfortunate because it's just should be. It's immature, um, <laughs> and it's it's it, to me, and uh, and maybe it's not a, a real indicator. But I always look at it as like a sign of sh someone struggling. Like they they don't know their arguments well enough. Um, but forget that. What is? I mean, are they right? Is it? You know, get get off your high horse. It's a two-party system, like it or not, and we're going to drive this through. And, you know, let's keep pushing that pendulum to the extreme until it just, you know, breaks off its axis. Like, is that? No. No, is they're not. Where are we going? Well, they're not right. The, the thing is, the system has checks and balances. This shouldn't be an issue. It's not about – we should not care this much. And, again, this, this is how I – this is how I interpret our history. This is how I interpret what's going on. Uh, everyone else is free to have their own interpretation. In fact, we want to hear about other people's interpretation. My interpretation uh, to what they were discussing is that they are in the they are they are in the right sport, but the wrong stadium. The what we're talking about in terms of judicial picks being of a party's mentality or aligning themselves with a the party is just ridiculous it should be ridiculous the point of a judge or yes of a, especially a supreme court judge is to make an interpretation of the law as it is stated within the constitution uh and to look at precedent which is which is anything that has come before their position on the on the court there's many different arguments and interpretations as to how you do that job, uh, whether you are a, a constitutionalist in the way that um, the current pick uh, uh, happens to uh, identify herself, or you are, a, a, uh, and I forget what the opposition is, but it's more of like an interpretationist where you believe the constitution is a living document and you must interpret it um, along with the, uh, the period and the generation in which uh, you live. 
And so you have to bring these the, these words into our time period and understand how they would um, how they would be affected uh, if they were written today. And then and you're interpreting them as such. So whether you're in those camps, which is, ends up being more conservative judges versus liberal judges, the, the party system has nothing to do with this. And so it's, it, it just doesn't make much sense in terms of people identifying and fighting for it and saying, well, our party is ramming this through. I, look, logistically, this should not be an issue. I mean, Obama should have gotten his pick. Uh, this person should be going through. I, I, I mean, I, we'll take some flack for that. And, and the thing is, I'm a, I'm a progressive and a liberal, but the truth is, if a if a judge dies on the bench, they should be replaced. There should not be a, a moratorium on when you can replace a judge. I, I do think that that's ridiculous because it should not be based on party. That that's that's the that's the crux of it. You want people to do what's right. I exactly. mean, even if they're even if you exactly. do belong to a party, they should always put country exactly. over party. Country over party, exactly. Your yeah. own beliefs, even the, the, even the questioning, and that, that's that's sort of where I tuned out of this whole thing. Why I haven't been uh, as on the pulse about it because. A, I know she's going to get confirmed, and and B, I find the questioning almost um, insulting. I find the questioning on uh, whether her Catholic beliefs will interfere with anything insulting because, again, this is a state, uh, this is a country that um, prides itself on religious freedom, and and as a result, when you go for a, a job interview, someone should not be asking you what your religion is or or what your beliefs are if they want you to perform a certain uh, task or you know to 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 um, to fill a certain position, and and so I don't and I believe that while that is true, that is completely true in the everyday of uh, of Americans' lives, it should also be true uh, in our highest court. Your belief system is is irrelevant based on uh, for the job that you are being tasked to do. It, it, they, there's a separation of church and state for a reason, and that is so that people can have their individual freedoms for what they want to believe and how they want to feel at home. And then when they go into the public life, they can they can still participate as part uh, as a non as like as impartial uh, uh, citizen um, that 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 puts country uh, over their own personal beliefs uh, from a religious point of view because that that that's the point of laws. That's why we're not a theocracy. It's why we're supposed to be a democracy. So I find the whole process a little bit inane in the way that she's being questioned in, in all the things that are being put out there. It's, I mean, because look, here's the thing. If this woman was an atheist, she wouldn't even be considered. <laughs> so, let's, so let's just put it out there. If she said, I don't believe in a God, both parties, both parties would just turn their backs on her immediately. Why, and she would, be, listen, she would be thrown out. So that's why we didn't send Jodie Foster into space <laughs> in contact. <laughs> Because yeah, she couldn't yeah. answer the religious question, right? Yeah. But I, you know, I would agree. I agree with everything you just said. But I think it's also funny because as if someone is a religious individual and going on to be the judge or whatever it is, the task or the responsibility that we're demanding of them to compartmentalize their religion from, you know, almost like what we are telling them is right. I mean, that's almost a betrayal of their faith. Because they're supposed, but they're by nature of their faith, you know, their God's law is supposed to be eternal and nothing's supposed to be above it. So I just find that whole ask of them to be uh, paradoxical, I guess. Um, yeah, well, this is a but, mod- we live in modern times and, uh, and everything evolves, just like the Constitution should evolve. And uh, you should not. Well, be you know, to at your it. point, there are two types. You said one was someone who interprets the Constitution as it was written, an originalist, yep, originalist. and then another one. Uh, who interprets the Constitution in in the lens of today in a modern through a modern lens, right? And it's I, more and like I, a liberal judge. Yeah, and I, I guess I would ask for a third type of someone who rewrites it. That's because, not what a judge does. No, but I mean, well, all right, that's, well, there you go. Nope, that's why we should have constitutional conventions. Well, I guess yeah. So that's what we should have. You're yes. Absolutely- Right. That's something that should be built into our social studies programs and that kids grow up hoping that they can have a constitutional convention in their lifetime. It should be something that every American citizen grows up wanting to do. They shouldn't grow up necessarily saying, I want to be president. They should grow up thinking, man, it would be so cool if I was in the generation that got to do a constitutional convention and actually change how we interpret the constitution because the thing is we do put too much pressure on the judicial ship we on the on the judicial they they are forced to interpret laws that have long been out of date and i like and, that so much more 
Well, that well, the thing is, that's, that was Jefferson's idea. It's a third. It's a third judge, and it's interpreting modern constitutions through a modern lens, which would be every judge. But that was Jefferson's idea. He yeah, got shut I out. Like that. But he didn't get shut out completely because every founding father still put in that they still we still have a provision where federally, nationally, we can amend the Constitution. And, and it is much is more difficult than what Jefferson originally envisioned. It well, that's mean in the Federalist that we shouldn't paper. be doing it. Isn't, it. isn't that mentioned in the Federalist Papers? And I can go back and check this if it's, if it's you, a You can go check because I, I cannot remember if it's in the Federalist Papers. But basically papers the Federalist Papers are like a promotional tour of yes. why everyone should sign a Constitution. Yes. And I thought that that was in one of the essays that like this is meant to be and I'm definitely paraphrasing, updated with the times. That's Jefferson. A, Jefferson did that. Yeah, it's not meant to be a static document. Well, I mean, that's yeah, that, 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 was, that, that, was, uh, that was Jefferson's idea. Um, you know, he, he wasn't right on everything, but uh, that was one of the things that I, I do happen to agree with him on, is that it, it should be a living document. It shouldn't be something that – I don't think we should be tampering with it every 20 to 30 years. I do think that that's just quite too soon. That's not what a generation is any, any longer. But uh, – but at least there should be some sort of attempt to uh, to reorganize portions of it. So you're not doing the whole thing over and like uh, over at once, but you you're reallocating portions that some gen- that a generation could tackle a piece of it, and then uh, in like fifty to sixty years, another generation can tackle another piece of it, and then you you revisit the the piece that the previous generation had tackled, um, you know, one hundred ten years or uh, prior, something to that nature. I don't know if we'll ever get there, but we should be doing it. And that's why there's so much pressure on the judges because they're forced to interpret uh, uh, laws that have been written uh, 200 to 300 years. Uh, well, yeah, 200 years or so before they were born. Yeah, that makes, that actually makes a ton of sense. Um, I was totally wrong with even the suggestion that a judge would do that. Um, so I do apologize for that. No, I mean, uh, come on. But man. it was like heat of the moment impulsive response to what i to what i want to see but i didn't know the best method to obtain it and what you just said i think is absolutely the best method to obtain it i think a structure in place to revisit a document periodically especially whether it's scheduled or prompted by by an obvious need i think there is a danger of it becoming a political weapon to to a party that just wants to update it for their benefit, but um, and then that's why you need provisions in there to yeah. uh, to you know give enough time to say that you know this is this is something that we're going to live with for for quite some time and and yeah I think that's the danger is that people don't want it to become partisan people don't want uh, again let's say we let's say we did allow judges to update it that this conservative court could up let's say they're updating it next year they could update the constitution. Uh, for uh, the next fifty to sixty years, and that that is that that feels a bit crazy, um, you know. If you are not conservative, and the and people are are pushing it into a certain slant, but the thing is, and I don't want to belabor this because this is a this could be a conversation. This could be a pod on itself about constitutional conventions, but the point of a constitutional convention is to incorporate as many people as possible. So this this would actually be true popular vote in a way that. Our, our current uh, political system is not. So you, there's no electoral college in this. It literally would be the majority of people, if, this, if, if you give them a set of amendments that our legislators have worked on, the, it's the majority of people voting on them. So it's like a referendum. Yeah, it is like a referendum. That's what I'm saying. So it's more the will of the people than anything that we currently do today. So even if you... It, That's it dangerous be, because if we is. can pull that off, why do we even need electoral college? Well, I know why. I no, guess. no, because yes, yeah, I know. You, okay, you but but I'm just saying it, that, I, that's it's the will of the people, and and it's almost true a sense, and this is why we don't do it. But states do it. Some states do have uh, amendments to their constitutions or constitutional uh, conventions every so often. Uh, so on the state level, states are started to do it. Yeah, because aren't referendums all states? Are there national referendums? Do we do those? No, I don't believe we do those. I, I, yeah, I mean, so again, like the idea that, 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 would like that dis- but I, so I'm a constitutional really convention would like dissolve, would bypass state rights. That's exactly what it does. Yeah, it bypasses state rights and it bypasses the gridlock in uh, the Senate, the Congress, and the judiciary. That's so, interesting. Yeah, and and executive mm-hmm. power as well because they it's it's pure will of the people. It's pure mob rule. And that, that are you serious? They said, I mean, he. I thought I always had thought, and maybe 
maybe I misread, misunderstood. I always thought the founders had a deep sense of caution when it came to the people making decisions directly. Yeah, that, that's why it's so difficult. Because, because you need the ratification of like two-thirds of the states. And you need um, – there's a whole bunch of things that you need. So I'm surprised Jefferson to... would say like, yeah, let the people decide the Constitution thing. Yeah. Yeah, that seems like there's a bit of a radical on that in that on that on that note. Yeah. I mean, again, it's not like it's a popular vote. I mean, you still you could say this is what we want to do and the people vote on it. And then the states, two thirds of the states need to agree. And uh, and I can't remember what percentage of the Congress and the uh, Senate need to also agree. Um, But it becomes more difficult to turn it down if you know that the majority of people want this right because if you basically say we don't we're not doing it well i mean you're basically telling everyone you're no longer for the people so ideally that would be the end of your no they'll come up with they'll come up with a clever of course they yes yes yeah they're they're very good at that um so (laughs) we got too idealistic and too high-minded and we know (laughs) that somehow it'll be crushed there'll be some sort of special interest and people will find a way to well look i I tried I tried convincing these people that the parties may not have their best interests in mind. And I was, you know, like in idiocracy fashion called every name in the book. So that's what happens. But there was another point in that, in that exchange with these two fine gentlemen uh, that I wanted to bring up. Um, And it, it was a topic that arose. I like gleaned this from it. They didn't bring it up. They didn't bring much up. So there's another part that I wanted to mention, uh, uh, that, that arose from my conversation with these two fine gentlemen. And it, it wasn't something that they brought up directly, but I gleaned it from the conversation. And it, and it had to do with common usage versus propaganda. At least that's kind of how I'm labeling it. And basically what I was doing is I mentioned the word court packing. And I did it in a way as I understand it being used today. Um, and maybe, you know, I'm, maybe I'm not doing something right there. I'm just trying to represent an argument that I'm hearing. That's a term being used. I'll I'll leave it at that for the moment. Um, But basically what I was confronted with was an accusation that I was propagating um, a falsehood in that court packing has a definition from FDR, meaning adding more judges. That's what it means. That's the definition of the word. Um, and, I, and I agree, that is a definition of the word as I understand it today. Another way that it could be used is a lack of diversity on the court stemming from a history of appointments that don't represent the people. And I was trying to make the wider, again, high-minded argument, maybe, get off my high horse, that you know, n- none of the branches of government are really truly representative of the diversity of our country. But unlike any other branch of government, the court is lifetime. So we should be extra sensitive to it in that case. And so I was trying to say, listen, I understand that that is what the word, the phrase, and it's not even, I don't know if it's in a, in a, it's a, it's an official definition, but that was the term used in FDR's thing back then uh, to add more judges. And so I understand that, but words do evolve over time. You know, that, that's just like a thing uh, you could, the word starts out to mean one thing, and not only could it have multiple definitions over time, but it could completely change them where it doesn't even mean to the point where it means the exact opposite of what it originally meant. Like that type of thing could maybe does happen. Uh, so what I was trying to say, you know, to obviously to my detriment in terms of this conversation was, all right, if you're getting hung up on the semantics of it, if you're getting hung up on the label of me using the term court packing for a lack of diversity on the court, then let's forget about the label and just focus on whatever word you want to use that's being, that, that, you know, let's not focus on the label, let's focus on what's being labeled. The conversation devolved from there and, you know, it's not worth mentioning anymore on this, on this pod, but it kind of brought up the notion going back to what I said before was common usage versus propaganda. So let's, you know, kind of frame this. Uh, and maybe this is a, a bad premise, but and you can correct me. Um, but so you have the left adding a definition court packing does mean adding judges, but it also means a lack of diversity on the court. Now them using it over and over, I could see how that's propaganda, right? But I can also see how it's just common usage now. And eventually that will become the definition of the word, uh, an additional definition of the word as well. And that's kind of where I want to leave it and let you comment because I don't know how to look at it. Now, 
kind of know how I want to look at it, but um, I'm trying to like be neutral in a sense, because again, trying to tamper that, that momentum of the pendulum, I'm trying to see like both sides and come to an understanding through, I don't know. Yeah. Just coming to an understanding. I don't know. I'm trying. I feel like this is, a, and I can liken this to another, to one of uh, my, uh, my Twitter uh, spats, but um, the, Again, I think that people would rather attack a supporting argument than the thesis itself, because it doesn't matter the etymology like of court packing or how you want to uh, discuss the term, whether you're, uh, I mean, yeah, you, you've already referenced both sides of how it can be applied and interpreted, but the, the it's still, the main issue is that it shouldn't matter. It, it's not relevant. I agree. I actually said to them, you're getting hung up on the label. Let's forget the label. It's not even and they kind of, they, they kind of went off on me after yeah, that. I get, but. I get it. I get it. I mean, again, if you, if, if you feel like your side has owned uh, a certain, but so, uh, but so I don't want to litigate the, like the lack of diversity. I, I think we, we understand that that's, again, that's a huge issue, but I'm kind of curious about the, the whole diversity. common usage versus propaganda aspect. If you mm. think that's like a moot point and it's not important, we can skip over it. But it did make me think like, is all common usage propaganda in a way, even if it's something silly, like a new word being used, like true. I think if from- it becomes a hashtag, if it becomes a hashtag, then it's propaganda. I, I'm just going to go with that rule. I'm going to say modern day propaganda. If you can apply a hashtag to it and it goes tre- and it starts trending, that is that is propaganda. I, I think. So is it like a definition. cult, a, a successful cult that becomes religion? Successful propaganda becomes yes, common usage. Because common usage. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. I'll probably get hate mail for the analogy. But... <laughs> I hope we do. I hope it'll be nice to have some more engagement. Um, did I send you the Andrew Anderson Cooper? To the Macho Man, I sent that to you. Did you? Oh, it's funny because I was going to send it to you, and I'm like, Antoine won't want this. I laughed. Uh, my la- I laughed so where, hard. Uh, yeah, it was uh, his face to Macho Man, where his eyes are just, like bulging out, and he's got because that... he's because he's about to cry because he can't he can't imagine like he just cannot compute what is happening. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's Trump is like, is he doing it all on purpose? Like, is that him <laughs> just saying fuck trolling? you to yeah. like everyone? Like, I don't know trolling? because it's just nah. so. No, it's not. He's just ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway, this is <laughs> probably this the only thing fun. he could get rights to. Basically, <laughs> the village people were like, "Yeah, you want to use it? Go ahead." He starts Can't using like Shakespeare, up, anything that like doesn't have copyright anymore. Yeah. He just starts <laughs> having all this like old art. All his rallies are baroque. It's all baroque <laughs> classical music. Anything that's been out of copyright. That's so funny. Oh, man. All right, so let's talk about something else. Let's pivot. Um, I think we've talked about that long enough. Um, one of the other things I wanted to talk about, and uh, two other things. <laughs> one is like an ongoing joke, but the first one is about renewable energy and windmills. I had watched, I, I don't know, did I send you the article on windmills? It was a small study with like a few windmills. Yeah, you said that to me. <clears throat> it was, it was, it was, it was about a bit the birds, odd. right? Yeah, it, it was, was about the birds. Yeah, it was about the birds. So, yeah. I mean, it's funny because it starts out, um, and this is, a, uh, what article was it? It was a, um, it is, an, well, it's an IFL science article, and it is uh, based on, I don't know, it's a, it's a windmill study. I, I'm trying to, I was trying to find where it is, but I don't think it's American. And it's funny because it directly mentions Trump. Maybe their audience is largely American. I don't know. But I just thought it was a funny mention from a non-American uh, site and a non-American study. But so they mentioned Trump in it, and it's all about like... Trump has weighed in on bizarre, uh, with a bizarre tirade on, on uh, windmills before, um, calling them bird graveyards and even saying that uh, their noise somehow produces cancer, which I remember that. And just like, I don't know. I mean, he just, you must say so many things that you just can't, can't possibly keep up. Yeah. But, um, but there is something to the bird thing. Uh, and the article goes on to quote <clears throat> that, uh, what is it? That, uh, I'm looking, oh, the, it, I guess I was looking to see if it had a number, but it doesn't have, does it not have a number associated with it? I'm sorry. I thought I had a number, but now that I'm reading the sentence. Is it that you're talking about the number of birds that happen to die in windmills? Yeah. And I don't, it's it, apparently it's not a number, but it's somewhere like it, it, it wreaks havoc on local avian populations. Yeah, that's really um, sad, actually. Yeah, it is. Uh, but it's not anywhere near um, what 
radio and cell towers do, which apparently is like 6.8 million bird deaths each year. So apparently that like dwarfs. Is this through electricity? Like, is this through electric shock or? I'm not going to say that it's, well, I think it's just like impact maybe, but maybe electrical shock too. Who knows? The, the one way or another, the radio and cell towers are killing them. I'm going to assume it is because of the volume of cell and radio towers and not because their construction is in any way more dangerous. Although maybe that is their, their mass is probably bigger by this, the truss system. But anyway, they do, uh, well, they don't cause cancer as far as we know. Um, they do uh, wreak havoc on local avian populations. And so what they did in this study, which I thought was kind of cool, <clears throat> was they painted one of the turbines. They painted it black. Um, and I guess when it spins, it creates a visual effect that deters birds. Now, while the study was small, that's fantastic. Though. It did save 70%, over 70% of the birds. Oh, that's amazing. That's so really I thought cool. that was great. So now all Trump has to, has to go on is the noise, uh, the cancer, <laughs> the cancer, noise, causing, the cancer noise. causing noise. But um, uh, I thought that was great. And what a, what, a, what a simple solution, if it turns out to be scalable. Like I said, mm. small study, I want to say like half a dozen or so windmills they tested or whatever it was but um it, it works it's right but that's news. that's the kind of innovation we need though you know because it, it, instead of taking the approach of oh my god this does not uh we this first of all this does not fall into my ideological camp as to the, a solution and therefore i'm going to detract from it as a solution because it has a, a possible defect uh it's similar to um the way that uh uh, skyscrapers uh, they right now i mean I, I remember the glass that was an issue for avian populations as well and uh and now we use different types of uh of of window uh of windows i should say of windows uh in skyscrapers that are more reflective so that birds do not uh see them as clear and uh and break their necks by flying into them uh, and so this was a, this is a similar solution i mean um there's something to be said for you know renewable energy versus uh, skyscraper, but uh, but yeah, I, th I think that's really cool. That's, well, that's, right. that's it a says, cool study. It says so much that we have this device that creates what we're calling renewable energy, and it has a downside. The downside is it's killing local birds for X, Y, and Z reasons. And instead of saying how can we fix that, we want to scratch the entire thing in favor of what that device was trying to solve for. And it just doesn't make, it doesn't make a lot of sense, that whole approach to, to problem solving. So I think you're absolutely right in bringing that up. And when you brought up the skyscraper thing, did you ever hear, this is not really related, but did you ever hear of the building that uh, because of the angle of the glass, it like was melting cars on the street and they had a, they had no, I've never it. heard of that. Never heard oh, of man. That. Is that for every story that... or is that, is that No, is that I think it's real. I rem okay. I'm pretty sure I remember reading an article about it where they designed this building for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. I don't know if this is something you take into account, but it um, focused the sun rays onto the street. It was melting cars. This is what I remember reading. I feel like this is probably okay. a decade old, okay. but uh, you're right. Maybe it is urban legend. Right. At that I, I, time, maybe I wasn't as yeah. um, aware of bogus stories there's there's gonna be side effects to any new technology um and i uh, and i think that that's it this is an important step to take to, instead of scrapping the entire thing and saying that this is useless and then we cannot even i mean i don't even know how you uh if you're going to talk about the history of energy uh the amount of oil spills and the fact that we still use oil <laughs> is you know if you want to put it in that context uh, that is that is a big, a very that would be a very striking number if you were to look at the number of uh, Dove wild, still has the the wildlife species thing on there. I think it's Dove. I don't know. I, I want to say the, the the dish soap. They still have like the ducks on there, which I think is a callback to the Exxon Valdez Exxon oil Valdez, spill. Right. Oil which spill. I think it's actually been dwarfed. We just don't talk about them, but I think there's. Oh, been I'm sure. Even though the, the one what the uh, the Horizon, whatever. Right. Yeah, uh, Mark just, Wahlberg yeah. starred in in that movie where he was a again amazing hero. So Marky Mark, but yeah, but, uh, I, yeah. Back to back to the point in hand. Uh, if you find a defect and you're able to resolve it, uh, that's fantastic and should always be heralded as uh, a crowning achievement and something to be celebrated. And uh, and then you just move on. You move on with the technology.
So the next, the next thing I wanted to bring up is becoming an ongoing PSA. I don't know if we want to name the segment called Elon Watch or something like that. But this guy. I like that. This, this guy, segment, welcome to Elon Watch. We're not stalkers. We're just cognizant and we're mindful of Skynet and a man who is trying to take over the world. And we're here to call him out before <laughs> it happens. So, so, yeah. so we've talked about Neuralink, right? And Starlink. You can refer back to previous episodes for that. But Business Insider has released two new articles which announce two new things that they're doing. Uh, one of them is kind of uh, an update on something. So the first, the first announcement has to do with SpaceX. And they just launched, I'm sorry, SpaceX. And they just uh, released their schedule um, for the next several months. And Elon plans to have one to two ships in constant orbit for, for uh yeah. I guess over a year or something like that. I, I want to say it was 14 Which I'm months, not so alarmed about, down. to be honest. That's well, no, really who's, alar- who's alarmed about any one of these single things? Oh, now, the God. other one, the other one <laughs> is about Elon's partnership with the U.S. military <laughs> to create a, a 7,500 mile per hour rocket that can deliver weapons anywhere in the world within an hour. Well, that's the alarming part. Well, yeah. Uh, and now you add that but, rocket into space and he probably cuts that time in half. Is that the uh, is that the point where you yell? I'm glad he's on our side. No, what my thing is, I'm not being, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not being an alarmist. But I, I, I you know, I want to know what everyone's thoughts are. Each of these things by themselves are uh, have the potential to really help people. I mean, you have Neuralink that can, you know, obviously help whether it's disabled or or whatever uh, type of ailment someone has, or or just improve our ability to to perform tasks. I mean, there's so many amazing things that can happen with uh, being able to interface directly with, with technology. Starlink, you know, enabling communications is why we have our modern world today, uh, being able to communicate, whether it's the internet or social media, whatever it is, phones. Um, SpaceX, revolutionizing the way that we, we, we travel into space. It's no longer dependent on the government to do it. Now we have private industry getting involved. Um, and well, and, and then we have, you know, military payloads, which, you know, I, I mean, it, it's good in a sense that if you end quick wars are, are good because it's less casualties. And if that's kind of acts as a deterrent to say we can strike anywhere within an hour and we don't even need a plane to do it, I, I guess that's um, a deterrent in a way. Well, I don't, I don't want world domination, so I'm not really into it. So <laughs> just trying to find the light in, in each of the tunnels. Um, but you put them all together. And why you're putting them all together is because one man is controlling them all and you put them all together. And that is a lot of, um, of power. And if people are afraid of monopolies in specific industries, the, this isn't even, I mean, is this even considered an industry? Like what is his, he obviously has, if this was a, each of these seem to be kind of unique. They're up, they're up and coming industries, except for the military part. Um, they're up and coming industries. He's dominant in each of those spaces, but they're separate. But they're connected in a way that they can complement one another. They can yes. supplement one another. Yeah. And so, what do you? How like do you wrap your genius. head? Right. How do you wrap your head around this new modern monopoly that you can have? Yeah, you don't. I don't know. You don't, don't know. especially because you're. Uh, it's like casting a wide web, uh, and then he's at the center. But as long as you're only seeing the little, little pieces of it, you, you can't put it together that this is all interconnected. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I mean, it's fun to do the conspiracy, conspiracy theory on Elon, but uh, th- there is definitely something concerning about having private industry be the, at the forefront of, of, of missile payload um, or, or, or distributing of missiles in this way. It's, uh, that's, it's a bit concerning. So do you only think, because, again, it, well, well, do you think they're Elon. actually going to execute them, or do you think they're going to just ship them over to the government the way that Boeing or you know uh, Lockheed Martin would, where they're like, "We'll make it, but we're going to give it to you in the military execute." Do you think they're going to contract? Well, I think, to, I think it's a little bit more. Well, I think it's a little bit more dangerous because, again, this is it's back to the chip. Uh, the that 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 chip on its own is supposed to be something that uh, could uh, help um, circumvent spinal injury, right? But he still makes the same same joke about the the chip could also interface with the with your tesla right it's the same kind of okay so he makes these rockets 
but does that mean that he has the ultimate shutoff code? Like, does that mean he still has some sort of weird trump on how they – like, you you don't play ball with my company and these Rockets no longer go boom? Well, isn't that kind of the, the what you could say about Lockheed Martin or any of the it's, other Yeah, but, they're, but Lockheed Martin have faceless men pulling the strings. It's, this is different when it's it's one central centralized figure. I, that's how I feel. I mean, he he is the he's, he's got a board for each of these companies, right? I assume you assume I you assume. I'm just saying that again, cult of personality. This is what we're always watching that's out true. for. It's yeah. always cult of personality. It's it's all fun and games until one person uh, one person can lock up all that power. So I mean, that, that that's is really what e- we're looking at. Is Elon going to wear Trump's shoes? It, that's exactly what it, that's the fear that <laughs> that's the that's a very big fear and that's a reference to our past episode uh so check it out can you imagine but, um, this guy stepping up and and running for pre- well first of all i don't think he can because elon is south african right or he's australian he's not american but uh can you imagine someone actually saying i'm running for president because i build your i built the missiles that that win us wars can you imagine that man running for president that's a that's a bold statement. Well, it's not so far off because we had like Eisenhower; he was a general. General is one thing. General, again, we've talked about it. Private industry. I mean, the you know, the military itself doesn't usually build the weapons; they usually get built for them. So I think that's a it's a different statement. I'm the yeah. guy who brought you the driverless car. I'm the guy who brought you the payload that could like annihilate I, a country within um i mean it's a businessman i mean yeah he is a businessman at the end of the he's day a businessman. I, but you're right it, it, it's putting all the pieces together and it's um it, it, his, it's like a fun it's it's mm-hmm. fun to do like you said it's a conspiracy yeah. theory but yeah. then there's like but he's amassing know, quite a world that's what i'm saying yeah. he's amassing, and he has and he has a dedicated following my god there are so many elon musk uh youtube channels and uh and reddit sub chats i mean he has a hardcore uh, tech lover, uh, fanboy, fanboydom that uh, follows that man. So, if anyone were to wear Trump's shoes and be smarter about it, it, it might very well be Elon Musk. In that, he, I could see him circumventing the whole. Or Elon's born in America. Elon's or, kid. Or Elon's kid. Yes, uh, his kid's name is something weird. But yeah, could could be a future. Yeah. Oh, it's dicey. It's dicey. I like that yeah. Elon. <laughs> or that was another uh, little segment on Elon Watch. All right, so I didn't have any. Do you have any topics on your end? No, I think that we've exhausted. I think we'll have to come back and um, and and, uh, and there'll be more news by the time we do our. Next well, I want to do. You said another news. Nature article is coming out. I want to do the whole like journals breaking with tradition to comment on science. Yes, and then, like, yes, yes. We're, we're going to do that one. Fauci going to do that? You know, it's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I'm curious, but hey, these are these are uncertain times. Um, expect, I mean, my God, if there's any time for us to keep uh, keep our foot on this pedal, it's going to be heading into this election, uh, which is only two weeks away. Two, three weeks away? Or are we two or three at this point? November 3rd, so two weeks, three. My goodness. I can't believe that D-Day, Skynet. I wouldn't be surprised if November 3rd hits and that's when Elon launches everything. Everything comes. <laughs> everything comes full circle. You just, you just launch. You just it's all a distraction. It, it, it all it's all comes been a distraction. Through. He's been Trump's working for him. He, he, his his debts are to Elon. That's who he owes his money the to. World's debts are to Elon. <laughs> be amazing. His three hundred million dollars in debt is to Elon Industries. You should definitely. Yeah, I think that we should do something special for our election issue, our election episode. <clears throat> so uh, maybe we should talk about that. A little something to um, for the yeah, listeners I mean, we're gonna to hit, look forward we're gonna to. Hit a hundred Twitter followers. Uh, we're gonna hit our ten episodes, and we're so gonna cool. hit election. So yeah, maybe it'll be live. <laughs> yeah, I'll turn off all the lights. Yes, we'll put on mass. <laughs> That's what we can do. Uh, yeah, we'll uh, yeah, we'll do it like uh, we'll put on um, what is the V for dead V for no uh. Guy Fox. We'll put on Guy Fox yeah. mass and uh, we'll li- we'll live stream the um, the election results, which probably won't be resolved for, despite being a landslide, <laughs> will probably not be resolved for uh, <coughs> a couple of weeks. So we'll see. You think so? If it's a landslide, I hope that things go smoothly. And uh, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. 
Are Republicans oh, that's what I really to talk responsible about. That's for the ballot, the fake ballot boxes and all that? Is that? Like I want to. Well, I want to talk about the. Um, there was another breaking news for today, where <clears> the this today was the last day for Virginia registration, and uh, the site went down. the The online went down because of a a, a cut wire. Uh, so so people couldn't register on the very last day, and I and I wanted to sort of talk about that because what does that mean a cut wire? A cut wire to what? Uh, I don't know. I don't know that the story uh, what, was the, so. I don't know the, the cloud in like Kentucky. Yeah. What do you mean? The well, cut no, wire? That, well, that's not look. I mean, from a technical standpoint, yes, uh, we talk about a cloud, but uh, massive cables are uh, run to government um, buildings and what have you, uh, and that is how most places get their internet. So uh, if if uh, if that gets cut, and these are huge though, so uh, it, it, to be cut would be crazy. Um, yeah, that's what I mean. Like cut. What do you mean cut? Like this isn't like diehard where they cut the power to the building. That was what the Uh, AP, the AP reported it. They said that the, (laughs) the Virginia online voter registration site went down um, that the the server, the, whatever the servers that uh, run it uh, were inoperable. And it was a result of a cut wire that they were saying. And uh, it must've been inside them. There's no way like the extra wire was cut. Someone. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There must be cameras. Could have been, but my point is, is that people were not allowed to vote. or were not allowed to register on the last day. So, uh, I want to talk about that next time because that, I think that the, the fact that people are focusing on that in terms of a conspiracy of you know, of course the wires get cut. Of course, people are playing dirty politics. My point mm-hmm. is, well, everyone should just be automatically registered to vote if you live in the country. And you yeah, why taxes. is that? Yeah, yeah, why is that? Exactly. There, there should be no such thing as I need to get up and register to vote. If you are paying taxes, the first time you hit payroll, you should be registered to vote. <laughs> yeah, that's such a bizarre thing. I mean, whether I mean, yeah, the first time you enter into the system, whether it's your driver's license, your well, your, that your usually, work, your but that does uh, happen. That does. But you have to sign your draft card. Y- yes. Is, so well, I don't, so I don't you, remember. But when you do register, you don't have to, vote, to sign a draft card. When you, I remember when you reg- when you register to vote at eighteen, you the form you submit covers a lot of these things. It covers the uh, the draft. It covers the uh, your registration, and I think like your first drive. Like when you do your driver's license, I think when you like hit eighteen, I can't remember exactly. But when you first do it, a lot of these things are covered. But when you move. That's the issue. It's about moving. Why isn't it with your social sec- uh, your your birth certificate? Like, why isn't it just like, yeah, you're in the system. Three hundred million people right now are in the system, and because you have your to vote, age is you there. vote in a county and you vote in a district. Remember that. So if you move, that's what I'm saying. If you leave the state and you yeah, move, that's a different that should thing. just but follow I've, you. Your should follow you. Right. Well, right. Exactly. The, the when you when you get paid at your new job, they should re-register you into the voting payrolls. Like if you're paying taxes, if they can tax you. Yeah, the IRS doesn't have any problem finding you. Exactly. That's exactly, that's all I'm trying to get at. If you can be taxed, you should be, you should be registered to vote. If, if the IRS can find you, you should be able to just vote automatically.